Welcome, everybody, to the Joe Random Sports Podcast, the famous name from MLB The Show Career Mode started a group of fantasy leagues years ago. And today, we gather with longtime Joe Random, Stephen Thayer, and Matt Ramirez to talk all things sports with the Joe Randoms. We hope you enjoy. And remember, just keep swishing and don't strike out. All right, welcome everybody to the Joe Random Sports Podcast. Steven Thayer, Matt Ramirez here. Follow us on Joe Random's SN. That's on Twitter, Instagram, Joe Random Sports Network. You can also email us at joerandomssn at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing you. Uh, and TikTok, Matt, uh, we're, we're doing, we're getting the TikTok up and running. Braden's doing a, a good job with that. Uh, so you can follow us on TikTok as well at the Joe Random's Sports Network. Speaking of, our, our podcast is doing quite well recently, Matt. Uh, the, the last episode with Fish on the Super Bowl betting was one of our top episodes in terms of overall listens. So, uh, Shoot. <laughs> Get yeah. me out of here then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, so, yeah, we're happy to be picking up some traction and, and continuing That's to good. grow our, our social media following. So, please join the conversation. Before we get into anything, Matt, I just... I want to start this episode off by uh, talking about the the Michigan State tragedy. Uh, I've got my my yeah. Spart- Spartan Avengers shirt on today. You know, this was something that that hit me really hard. You know, you always hear about these things, these shootings, and there's been a lot of them this year that have been completely overlooked. Um, but when it hits your own community, it hit it. It feels different. You, you internalize it a little bit more. And you just you feel for for what happened, and uh, as we speak, there there's three three students that have passed, and there's five that are in the hospital. Only one of them is in stable condition, which was news today. As of this episode, four of them are still in critical condition. So, you know, really praying for those families and those the recovery for all of those kids, um, and. Uh, I'd like to just to say their names, the the three that have passed. Um, Ariel Anderson, a junior from Gross Point, Brian Fraser, a sophomore from Gross Point, and Alexandria Verner, a junior from Clawson. It's just it's good to remember them for the community um to honor them. They're the they're gonna do a big uh honorary ceremony at the Michigan game this weekend. Michigan State's going up to Ann Arbor. And uh, Juwan Howard and company is gonna gonna help honor us, which is a really classic touch. Yeah, Izzo had a good press conference today. I, my thoughts are a little bit all over the place with it. Um, it's really devastating and insensible. And again, the three kids, those, yeah, it's uh, it's unthinkable, unimaginable what their families are going through right now. That's for sure. Yeah, well said, partner. Um, it's it's crazy that that this is still happening in our country and we don't have to get into that, the political side of things, but um, it's just horrible to see. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers go out, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Spartan strong is, uh, is, is the way to, is the way we are as a community. So, all right, moving towards other news. Uh, obviously it was Super Bowl weekend. That's going to be the, the bulk of our episode. We'll talk a lot about uh, what unfolded and, also, uh, yeah, I I took a little trip to North Carolina this weekend. That's where I watched the Super Bowl. Got to see some nice. family there. Yeah, it was yeah, it was fun. 
That's amazing. Yeah, it's. Uh, you said it had been a while since you'd seen them. Were you able to catch any games while you were out there? Any sporting events? Yeah, I sure did. I sure did. You know me on my vacations. I I try <laughs> to. For me, the culture is about the sporting event, and that's how I, I get the experience. So the plan all along was, all right, I'm going to go to the, the Duke Notre Dame basketball game at Cameron Indoor. And surprisingly, Notre Dame is really not very good this year. Usually they're at least formidable, but the fact that they're 10 and 16 now is pretty miserable. Wow. And uh, so that was the plan. I was going to go see Duke. And Duke, by the way, is also struggling. They're not having a great year. It, it seems like all the Blue Bloods, really with the exception of Kansas, are struggling. Uh, Duke, UNC, Michigan State, they're just not their normal up to snuff. So then, uh, you know, my family lives right in the middle. They're right in Chapel Hill, and they're pretty much right in between Duke and UNC. A lot of their friends are from UNC. And so they gave me the advice of you should go to the UNC game on Monday and then just skip the Duke game on Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) And so what I, I ended up saying, you know what? Found a cheap ticket to go to the UNC, the Dean Dome is what they call it, the Deany Smith Center uh, in UNC Chapel Hill. Decided to go on Monday against Miami. Miami was ranked 19th, I believe. And then uh, the Duke game on Tuesday. Really, really cool. Both both atmospheres, really cool. I um, mean, you can you can find some of the the hype videos on TikTok. <laughs> um, but <laughs> they they were cool. The you could feel the energy in the Dean Dome. Uh, straight hype, just loud, a lot of fans, about almost 20,000 seats, pretty much full for a, a Monday night. Really cool to see that. And um, wow. and then the, the Duke game on Tuesday, I you hear all the stories about how historic Cameron Indoor is and, and just you got to go see a home game at Duke. It just happened to be so that I was 10 feet away from Coach K in the Duke Hall of Fame Museum. And then it was, was his first game back uh, from retiring. It was the first game wow. him and his wife attended to. And he was sitting there right courtside. You get a little John Shire giving him a little hug and his wife a hug. It was really cool to see that. I I can't tell you how unique it was. Like when I walked into Lambeau the first time, and you know how that, that feeling. Is I was going to ask, yeah. Yeah, it, it just, it's it's like, whoa. And, and I felt like this too. Uh, I haven't been to uh, Naismith Allen Fieldhouse in Kansas, but I don't think it's a secret that this is regarded as one of the best college stadiums to watch a game arenas. It, it only holds 9,000 people. I mean, it's you, you are on top of each other. It's small, it's intimate. Uh, it's got that old feel to it, but yet it's updated around, but they kept the interior true to the core, tr- very traditional. Uh, it was really, really, really cool place to watch a, a basketball game. And uh, uh, Notre Dame made it interesting. <laughs> Duke, <laughs> should, Duke should have won by a million, but instead they they made it close as a four-point game. <laughs> At least you got to see a good game. Yeah, yeah. So fun fun experience I, I and fun to That's see awesome. the, the rivalry, too, of Duke and UNC. You know, just to see them pitting back and forth. The campuses are gorgeous, by the way. Got to tour around Duke and saw a little bit of UNC. Uh, the The campuses are unbelievable. If anybody ever gets a chance to go out there, yeah, I'm sure that part of the country is really cool. Um, 
I know Pinehurst, Pinehurst, the golf yeah. resorts right by there. Um, we got that's I'm I'm really happy you got to see uh, both arenas. I thought you were just going to to one, so that's it's amazing you got to see both. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm glad it it all worked out. So, got to check all the historic ones off the list. Try and try as many to get as to, you can. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Try to get to all the MLB stadiums. Try to get to the Rose Bowl is a big one that I haven't been to yet. You know, got to got to hit the historic ones. So, all right, absolutely. From that Super Bowl, what do you want to get into? Super yeah. Bowl, yeah, man. Let's do it, oh, man. All right, you you game. break. You break us in. Yeah. What, what do you got? I guess to start, I want to give a shout out to Jalen Hurts. Okay. That guy, I was, I was skeptical of his health um, with the shoulder. I knew he had made big strides um, this season. And he made a legitimate case to win the MVP as a losing player. It was incredible what he did to carry that team. Obviously, the fumble really, really cost them uh, as well as the holding call and the punt return and i guess to sum up my my initial thoughts i think patrick mahomes once again is the king until proven otherwise and uh we're just gonna have to keep saying that until someone knocks him off yeah that was very concise i don't have i don't disagree with anything there jalen hurts was unbelievable he played his heart out and yeah. It's un- it's unfortunate that it was the one mistake that that ended up costing the team. Uh, and going into the game, remember I was saying Jalen Hurts is going to have to be the reason the Eagles win. And re- conversely, he was ultimately the reason they lost, even though he played so well. Which is, I mean, I guess yeah, you- that's that's ha- that's hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the mistake. I mean, the mistake obviously was very costly, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of decisions and moments that go into it i saw kelsey's the kelsey brother podcast this afternoon they were talking in uh, the play that stuck out to jason kelsey the eagles center was uh he switched the protection on that third and short uh that the the eagles had to make their one punt of the game and uh that's the one that keeps replaying in his mind so there's a ton of things that go into it but yeah, what do you what do you think from going from the Niners game where you basically trashed the Eagles? What do you think about their performance? Did that validate my thoughts? What are your what are your thoughts on their their overall outlook for the season? Yeah, of course, uh, that was something that I was thinking about all game. You know, how do I how do I come to terms with everything? And, and how are you, how are you doing mentally? <laughs> I'll I'll get there. I'll I'll get there. There was a few things. I'll start off on the the positive side of things. There's no question the Eagles are good. There's no question about that. And I don't think anybody was debating that they weren't good. And I love Jalen Hurts. Remember, he was on my fantasy team, right? Yeah. So, you know, I I love the guy. I think he's he's the real deal. He's a good football player. I had questions about the shoulder, but it, it didn't really affect him that much. Just like you, you were a little bit concerned. Yeah. But no, I, I think he's a great leader. I think he's a great quarterback uh, he's he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks hopefully for the next 10 years in this league because I, I really like the guy I think the team plays for him yeah so I, I have no qualms there on the flip side some of the performance of the Eagles confirmed what what I did believe about them and, and from my from my Niners takes and so before we get into that I, I want to talk about the penalty I want to talk about the yeah penalty yeah because 
because that was the the big controversy, right? The hold on Juju Smith Schuster. Um, Is it a controversy though? Bradbury getting in a little bit of contact there. So, all right. It seems to be that yes, it was a hold. They admitted it was a hold. It was the correct call, but was it the right call, Matt? I don't think there's a difference. I think the correct call is always the right call. Yeah, but omission, omission is a thing that a lot of referee, a lot of good referees will do to let the stars play. Over. But if you see it, if you see it, Steve, you got to call it. And clearly, the line judge saw it and he threw the flag. I don't. You do you think they were looking for a reason, though? Do you think that they were potentially? You know, you know, I love a good conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it was. I, it I was don't know. The, yeah, it, it was the correct call, but I just everybody wanted to see Jalen Hurts get the ball back. And we never know what it might not have changed the result. And I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that refs should purposely not make the call, but it just seemed so ambiguous, at least live that, uh, yeah, it, it is a tough, it is, it is a tough call. And I, I don't want to, I just thought it was interesting watching the game with chiefs fans and you see that happen and you watch it and you're like, where's the hold. And the Chiefs fans were all like, oh, shoot, we're going to win the game. And Eagles fans, are they knew it was over by that point. They were like, oh, well, this, this sucks. We got screwed. We don't, even, we don't even have a chance to make a stand or to get the ball back or anything. And so it was almost like the wind got taken out of the sails. Like the, the Chiefs fans were not even that happy that, they, that, they, that happened. They weren't jumping up and down and saying, oh, yeah, penalty. Let's freaking go. We're Super Bowl champs. They weren't doing that. They were like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks. There, were, they, there was no celebration. It was so even when the game won. Yeah, they were happy that they won, but it wasn't – it just – it was such a good game. And then that that came in there and, oh, it tainted it a little bit for me. On, on the flip side, you got to imagine being a ref. So you, then you got to take into account what the, what the call is, what you see. You have to account for that. You have to account for the game score, and you have to account for the finish. Like, it's an impossible job. So I just think these guys just got to keep calling it how they see it. Um, if you want to be more lenient, then you're more lenient. But if you see it, you got to call it. Clearly, he saw the jersey stretch. I don't know. It sucks that that, I mean, arguably one of the best Super Bowls ever, minus the finish. Um, yeah. if, if the finish was had the ball in Jalen Hurts' hand with a minute 10 left, then, you know, that's a t- totally different ball game. Um, but for me, the refs just got to keep calling it like they see it, regardless of what the repercussions of their of their decisions may be and what conspiracies come out of it and so i'm going to give you andrew's analysis of the super bowl because the raiders chiefs lens um because this was the second game in a row that the chiefs got a very favorable call to win the game and again not saying they're the wrong calls but you know we had we saw what happened with uh ron tolbert completely ignoring the holding calls against uh, kansas city (laughs) on that mahomes hit um so andrew's headlines number one refs saved the day once again for kansas city just like they did in the afc championship and several times throughout the season flags thrown on third down at the most critical moments in the most critical games (laughs) 
Number two, absolutely no defense the whole game on either side. Only one or two punts per team and only one little dinky sack. And then when the Eagles D finally seemed to have stepped it up, they reached for the flag and bailed the offense out, of course, in KC's favor. Brings up severe questions about the direction of the sport and any hope to see another historically dominant defense will be shut down by the rules of the game and what makes more money. (laughs) Number three. (laughs) It's all about who makes the least mistakes. Eagles' mistake was a fumble for a touchdown. Chiefs' mistake was a missed field goal. One was more costly than the other, and that was the difference in the game. Very video game-esque game sequence. And, you know, I, I couldn't really disagree with him there when you talk about the mistakes of the fumble leading to a touchdown for Hertz or the missed field goal. You know, that's a that's a swing there of potentially four points. The Chiefs win by three. You know, in terms of Andrew was really upset about, you know, we keep saying defense wins championships, right? And so I read a really good, really good chapter in the in this book called Scorecasting. It's an older book, but it went through the moniker defense wins championships. And it talked about, is that actually true? Because Michael Jordan, after every championship, he would say defense wins championships, defense wins championships. And Basically, what they concluded was Jordan was just saying that to galvanize his teammates, to make it seem like a team effort that defense actually does win championships. Um, But what they made the case of, and they looked at all the Super Bowls about were they a top-ranked defense, were they a top-ranked offense, what actually uh, ensued. And what they said was there's no difference. Sometimes the best defense wins. Sometimes the best offense wins. Sometimes they have both the best offense and the defense. Um, like if you don't have a, if, if you have a top defense, you also need like a semi reasonable offense. It was really interesting. And I, I began to think back at some of the big games of when you do get a good defense. Um, and it's like, huh, like there have been some high scoring games and when the defenses are supposed to be good, but the point was beyond their, their metrics defense doesn't necessarily win championships. And so when I was thinking about the Eagles defense, remember how they'll go now I'll start getting in to the cupcake schedule, right? All of their numbers were inflated because they faced crappy offenses all year, crappy quarterbacks, crappy offensive lines, and they finally got exposed. I mean, what can I say? The the offense was Jalen Hurts was good. I'll say that. The the offensive line and Jalen Hurts we're good. Um, but, you know, the superior number one run game in the league really didn't do anything for them. Uh, in fact, they averaged just about the same yards per carry against the Niners. Uh, 3.6 yards per carry. And Jalen Hurts had most of those yards. So, you know, it, it does raise the question of, okay, well, maybe their defense was a little bit inflated. Now, of course, you're going up against Patrick Mahomes. Of course, your defense is going to take a hit when you're facing an elite offense like that. But what happened to those 70 sacks all year? I mean, they, they barely got to the quarterback. They couldn't even get Mahomes. They couldn't even knock them down some plays. So I think about the defense, and then I think about the run game. of And the, the commentator said it. It was like, yeah, well, Jalen Hurts was really the only one that could get anything going on the ground. And the Chiefs clearly were okay with that. That was part of their game plan. So... The two things that were super strong for the Eagles, that run offense and that overall defense, were not there for me. And so that's where 
they, you know, they made it a good game because Hertz is a baller, but uh, that's where I say I was proven right in some degree. I'm just confused because the Niners also played the Chiefs and gave up a 40 burger. You can't. And then you can't. I can, that, though. It's literally the same. It's the same defense. That game and then was also, so long also, ago. Also, strength of schedule from week seven on. When, or whenever Brock Purdy took over, I can't remember what week, but the Niners were 30th and the Eagles were 32nd or whatever in strength of schedule. So I just I can't buy that argument. I can't. But I, that's this is this is first of all the you can't talk about the Niners against the Chiefs when Jimmy was barely getting into the flow of things. McCaffrey was barely there. My whole half our team was injured. Jimmy had been playing for seven weeks. McCaffrey was a part of the game plan and. There was two injuries on defense. It's, I don't understand. And and it's <laughs> listener listeners, real quick, what's happening? I'm sorry that you guys have to go through this grieving process with Steven, but he's still in the denial phase. But I'm not I'm not we'll, even, we'll get there. I'm not even talking about the 49ers with the Eagles assessment. As as the season, the Eagles were lauded for their run game and their their defense. And that was not there in the Super Bowl. Simple as that. I'm not I'm not talking about how the Niners would have fared against the Chiefs. I'm not. I'm not going to go there. But the Chiefs, they're how many the, the yards? How many yards did the Eagles? How many yards did the Eagles rush for in the Super Bowl? They only rushed for three point six yards per carry, which is like what what we had them at. Um, still though, just because just because Hertz was a lot of it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like they still rushed the ball decently. Oh, but but they also no, he eight he, o'clock. He rushed the ball decently. But when you look it's at those, the same team, Jalen Hurts plays for the Eagles. <laughs> 32 for 115. That's not a dominant rushing performance, especially when most of the yards come from your quarterback. I mean, that's like all the yards, all the yards don't matter, though. It's the same yardage. It doesn't matter it, who it comes from. The Chiefs defense, who had been criticized all year about how they don't have a good defense, they don't have a good pass rush or secondary or whatever held the best rushing game in the league. So 35 points. For 115 <laughs> yards on the ground. 115 on the ground. That's it. I told you, Jalen Hurts balled. If it wasn't for Jalen Hurts, the Eagles would have gotten their asses kicked. If it wasn't for Pat Mahomes, the Chiefs would have lost. If it yeah. wasn't for Josh Allen, the Bills I'm, would suck. If it wasn't for... like, I understand, <laughs> but I'm, I'm telling you that he was the... like. Like the Eagles were being pumped up. They were freaking favored in this football game. They were favored. I agree. I, we were on the same page with that, that that should have been at least an you, all square game. You cannot, that's, that's where, that's what I'm saying is take, take the chiefs out of it. The Eagles were supposed to be this super good rushing attack, the super good defense. And it wasn't there. It really wasn't there. That's where I'm saying I'm proven right in a lot of ways. The strength of schedule came back to bite them because when faced with adversity, they couldn't do anything about it. They, they literally had ten... lost to the they lost to the best team in the NFL. Yeah, that's they their had third, a third loss of the year. They were also up by they were up on them by ten points. I mean they they could have really they had a really good chance to to end that and the credit the Chiefs they took advantage of their opportunities. Um, so. You're a hater, dude. You're a hater. <laughs> it's not like they they went toe to toe the Chiefs. They almost won. I'm not going to take that away from them. It's just you are though. It's just I think 
that in some ways I was proven correct about the Niners <laughs> or not, not the Niners, forget the Niners, that the Eagles had a cupcake route to the Super Bowl and they got exposed. What's wrong with that? I, that's not incorrect. They exposed. They lost by three to the best quarterback of all, <laughs> second best quarterback of all time. You, you and your Mr. Best offensive line I've ever seen, 115 yards for 3.6 yards per carry. And Hertz got sacked twice. I mean, Mahomes got sacked zero times from that elite defensive line. <laughs> okay, we're going to get to the – can I get to the field conditions now? I want to talk okay, about Okay, that. sure. Let's do that. Yeah, that's good. Because I really think that neg negated the Eagles' pass rush. If you look at the edge rushers, if you go back and watch like some YouTube highlights of the game, you look at the edge rushers, and they all try to set the edge and get low with their, on their corner. And every time – not every time, but – probably 50% of the time they did that, their feet slipped out um, and they weren't able to, to get around the corner. And I'm not, this is an, ex is an excuse because the Chiefs also had to play on the field, but I wanted to bring up a point with the, the grass. So they tried to bring up, this can be my, my Joe Random fact of the day, folks. Uh, okay. They tried to bring up a new breed of, um, of Bermuda grass. So I'm really, really into to grass being a big golfer. Um, when I was with interning with the USGA back in 2018 in college, they brought us out to the New Jersey campus. We were going through grass types. So they, what they did for the Super Bowl is they tried to bring out a mix of an African and a, uh, like a South Asian, po or not POA, uh, Bermuda grass. And it's supposed to be take 10% less water be more durable and withstand cold weather better. All of that's fantastic for Arizona compared to where Bermuda typically is in Florida. Typically in Arizona, they use bent grass and their Cardinals didn't have a really good playing surface this year. So they wanted to switch things up. Essentially the grass didn't have time to grow in. Typically Bermuda, you have to overseed. And then after the overseed, then the grass gets really rooted in the roots. Apparently, I mean, clearly didn't have enough time to, to develop. And it caused for the top layer to become very, very uh, loose once any sort of like cleats or inter spike interaction got involved with it. So then anytime you see a player, I mean, I think a big part of this actually is on the Eagles training staff or whoever is in charge of cleats for not having them wear yeah. the long studs. Um, because a lot of those guys clearly weren't when you can see the Chiefs had hardly any slippage. So I, I want to give a shout out to the chief's training staff or whoever's in charge of equipment staff, whoever's Ruben, in yeah. charge of uh, cleats, because clearly the chiefs were much better equipped for that situation. So little uh, history on what happened with the, the grass here this week, but they tried to grow it in in like three weeks, obviously not enough time for a full Super Bowl field. So pretty cool backstory to all that. That was really good, Matt. Yeah. Thanks for enlightening our listeners and myself on the grass. It's really cool. Yeah. Pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, some other, I, I will say that the Eagle, the Eagles pass rush uh, didn't live up to the hype, regardless of sod situation. Um, and the chiefs chiefs offensive line lived up to, or uh, met the expectations that were needed. So yeah. heck of a game by them. Um, we can agree to disagree on the Eagles this year, but um you got treated with a good game, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, other funny tidbits. Just thought it was funny that Devontae Smith's catch got overturned. Thought that was, <laughs> thought that that was, was a nice was dagger. Just, just a little bit of karma there. 
Uh, I thought it was funny that he ran out of bounds on that catch. He probably blew his one chance in his career to to score a Super Bowl touchdown. So I thought that was kind of funny that that he couldn't just walk right in. Uh, I didn't yeah. get much right, but I did get the Chiefs by three, which was my was my prediction. Um, it was a game winning kick. I got that correct, and I got the purple Gatorade. I got the purple. Oh, Gatorade. nice. Yeah, nice. I thought yeah, they. Were, I think. Yeah. I, I was thinking that the Gator, well, they didn't show it. So you had to like go back on Twitter and find what <laughs> color the Gatorade was. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw the highlight. I was like, oh, shoot, they went with purple. Because the if you look at the past Super Bowls, they're usually orange or yellow or blue. or what, But this time it was purple. So it's like, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, Andrew had another funny point about how this game was perfectly like Madden. It says... It, it mimics it. You don't punt. You go for it on fourth down. I'm going to let you score so I can get the ball back. Why bother to blitz or sack? <laughs> just one, one, one stupid fumble that you forget to protect the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the mad, it, yeah, it was just a freak fumble, right? It wasn't even punched out or anything. No. Um, so it, it's it's tough that that happened. And, but but really, when it comes, we talk about turnover battle. That was the one turnover the Chiefs didn't turn the ball over. That that more often than not, when you win the turnover differential, you're going to win the game. I do think, you know, the Chiefs getting that call to put a bow on that. I do think the Chiefs getting that holding call just continues to fuel the the Chiefs fans entitlement uh, because it, it, they just don't know any different. Mahomes is going to win every game for them. They'd say if they don't, it's like, what? This isn't supposed to happen. <laughs> it, it reminds me of uh, the Steph Curry, KD Warriors a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like, you know what I mean? I feel like Curry and KD didn't get the calls though. I mean, well, yeah, no, I'm not saying with the refs. I'm just saying with fan expectations and being spoiled. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, We still hold a little bit of that entitlement. Um, Yeah. But uh, let's, I mean, Jalen hurts other notes. I had, I mean, just the first quarterback to rush for three throw for one. It's crazy. Just, just really, really good. Dude, what do you what do you think? Go ahead. I was just say Dallas Goddard. What a game he had! He's yeah, holding it down for plays. my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's a heck of a player. It would uh, I think he got hurt in like week ten or eleven. Missed a few weeks. Probably yeah. cost him an all pro team, but heck of a year from that guy. And uh, he's I think he's still pretty young, so he's got a bright future ahead of him with Hurts. They're a good combo and. Um, surprised by some of the athleticism he displayed oh man that guy's a baller um i i did think it was funny how yeah. in our preview episode fish was like the eagles are better in every single position except for quarterback and head coach <laughs> and and i'm like well that's that's a pretty big deal and i was like yeah. that's the most important things they're obviously better at tight end too. Um, Kelsey has the edge over Goddard, but Goddard did show out. That's for sure. D tackle as well. Chris Jones is a freaking monster. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, you know, again, Eagles finally against a good O line um, chiefs, zero sacks allowed. Didn't hear much from Hassan Reddick and the chiefs pass rush got through your amazing O line. Um, the guy who false start Lane Johnson false starting every play. They showed that again. They showed it on the <laughs> it's, it's every freaking play. <laughs> I'm surprised they don't they don't call it. But 
uh, the Chiefs D line, like they credit Andy Reid, like they said, they talked about it at the end of the game. The Chiefs D line did what they needed to do. Like they got Hurts yeah. on the run at the end of the game, forcing him to throw the ball away, uh, make make some tougher throws on him. Um, so I thought that was really good. Like you highlighted the Chiefs D line. Uh, let's see. Real quick, real quick, Stephen. All time yeah. quarterback receiver tight end duos. Where you rank Kelsey and Mahomes? Uh, you mean you mean quarterback tight end duo or or quarterback quarterback ball catcher? <laughs> oh, you got Joe and Jerry. Joe yeah. and Jerry, and probably, I mean, Steve and Jerry can even be on there. Well, Steve and Jerry is probably ahead of Joe and Jerry, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you um, know, and then maybe Peyton. I was gonna say Peyton, Peyton Marvin. Marvin. Yeah, I would yeah. say Peyton Marvin. Uh, of course, Brady Gronk. I mean, it's, it's, I would I would say I'd say Mahomes Kelsey is ahead of Brady Gronk for me. I think they are. Um, I really do. It's crazy. I, Their I chemistry, they, man. It's it never. It's like they always know what the others think. Well, yeah, and and the fact that just most of I was going to ask you where does Kelsey rank in your top tight ends of all time? There's no one ahead of him for me. Really. Yeah, now after this season, I don't think longe- I, I factor in longevity. I factor in peak. Uh, the only weakness he has is run blocking, and this year he had a fantastic grade as well as last year. I don't know. I mean, obviously he's not the physical presence of Gronk, but he's faster than Gronk. He runs better routes, smarter, and more available. Gronk well, is the, the physical the, presence. Yeah, he's the, the, kind of the the overall guy for me. The availability piece is is huge, but where where I where I the reason I keep him third is because of the blocking. It's not his game necessarily. I think okay. Gronk Gronk and Gonzalez were far superior blockers in the run and the pass game. Um, yeah. So I probably it's, put, it's really pick your poison at the top, yeah. Here, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. They're all good. I I think what I style could, you want. Yeah, I think I would go Kelsey three, Gronk two, and and Tony one, just because of Gronk's health. Um, but I would take Gronk over Kelsey. Just, I mean, you look at the Super Bowl stats, and you know Gronk is all time in Super Bowl touchdowns. He passed Jerry, but Kelsey is second in postseason receiving yards and receiving touchdowns behind, of course, the goat Jerry. So I think Steve and Jerry are still yeah. my, my number one combo. But but Patrick and and Travis can't be that far behind. Um, totally. What about their coach? Uh, I know we wanted to talk about him a little bit. Yeah, there, there's the coaches. Uh, I got a few more notes here, and then we can talk about the coaches. Yeah. Uh, what do you got? So, Eagles' time of possession, 35 minutes. Like, that's what they wanted to do. <laughs> if you would have told me that stat before the game, I'd be like, there's no chance the Chiefs won. Yeah, but but what it, when the Chiefs had the ball, they, they made it count. Uh, when you, yeah. you look at their... They're uh, only 24 minutes, but they're they average 6.1 yards per rush. Like, and it, I mean, that's and it, and it would have been more if Mahomes didn't kneel down the last few yards at the end of the game. The Eagles were a crazy 11 of 18 on third downs, two for two on fourth. Like, it seemed like they always kept getting in short and manageable situations. They were continuing to pass the ball when the running game wasn't working. Uh, I think the the Chiefs all year got criticized that they don't run the ball effectively. Danny Reed doesn't like to run, but Isaiah Pacheco, man, that that kid is impressive. He is monster. He's a hard runner. 
I think it just further goes to show don't draft LSU running backs. Clyde <laughs> 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 catching a straight. <laughs> but he was instrumental. Uh, Juju was instrumental. Uh, Tony and, and Kadarius Tony and Juju Smith Schuster were two guys that I was like, these guys are not going to be good going into the year. But uh, Andy Reid made use of them. Uh, though, and those the, those two plays, you, you brought up one of them, that text that you sent me about the Jarek McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the the science behind what Sky, oh, the Sky, Moore, Sky Moore and uh, yeah. Tony. Tony was the other one. Right. Sky Moore and, and Kadarius Tony's touchdowns, like the yep. way that they faked out the defender, like the full speed cut, turn around, nobody's in. I mean, Andy Reid used the same play. He dressed it up the same way, just on the opposite side of the field. Just magnificent mind coaching, just being way ahead of the game. Um, and as a as a spectator, I don't know if Chiefs fans felt this way, but even being 10 points down and the chiefs looking a little wonky in that first half, I never felt the chiefs were out of it. I was never concerned. I like, I knew that Mahomes was too good and he's better when he's injured. Evidently he's, he's like, he's a superhuman <laughs> vitamin T baby. Give him a little, uh, little coffee candy in the locker room and shoot him back out there. <laughs> yeah. I think that, uh, what's his face? I can't say his name. The Eagles punter, like Sippo, Sippos, Sippos. Oh, uh, Sippos, maybe. Yeah, I can't say his name, but like the fact him and Tommy Townsend probably are the two easiest jobs in the NFL this year. <laughs> they, they don't, they they don't yeah. punt the ball whatsoever. Um, yeah, Tommy Townsend just gets to work on his uh, conditioning routine for his hair. <laughs> yeah yeah that conditioning routine um yeah hey, <laughs> does, that, <laughs> does the uh hey does the 49ers streak of uh losing after the week after they play them i know it's not the week but two weeks after they play them does that still hold i mean i guess 49ers um, curse <laughs> they pretty much, yeah they pretty much had a bye week with the Niners after the first quarter but yeah it's uh that, what a staff that ended up being for this year yeah uh, and and talk about I'm I'm pretty much done here. We can talk about Andy Mahomes being a model breaker, dude. That guy had three possessions in the first half, and then he scored on all of them in the second half. <laughs> he's he's Steph Curry of football. It's incredible what he does. Like how fast they can put up points. Yeah. Like the AFC or divisional round last year against the Bills, they go down and freaking. 18 seconds or whatever and score and you know, seven, seven for seven, six for six in the second half uh, yeah. on possessions. It's, it's unbelievable what, what the guy does. Um, there are people out there before the year saying they wouldn't even make the playoffs and here they are winning the Super Bowl. Those people will remain unnamed. <laughs> but, um, it's a, it's a, it's an incredible run he's on. Um, I'd argue the highest level of quarterback play that we've ever seen. Yeah, it's. I don't know where to put him, Matt. I, I mean, you have people calling him top five all time now. People have him above Peyton Manning. I mean, that's. It's crazy to think he's he's just what he's done in his first six years of his career is unmatched by anybody. Yeah, the only the only one close is Tom, and his defense was the main factor in those teams. So right, it's the guy for me. The guy's top three, and he's not number three. So. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. You also other weird. So he was the first MVP to win the Super Bowl. 
um, yeah. since Kurt Warner. And between, between them, you had a ton of MVPs who would lose in the Super Bowl. It was like the curse. Aaron yeah. Rodgers, uh, Matt Cam. Ryan, Cam Newton, Peyton Manning. You know, you go down the list, all of these um. guys. Yeah, they, they would lose in the Super Bowl. Mahomes, again, just, uh, just a model breaker. Um, so, all right, Andy Reid, where does he rank on your coach's Mount Rushmore? Does he make it? <laughs> This one's so tough, and we're talking Super Bowl era only, correct? Yep. For me, I think see, this is so hard because for me, Bill Belichick seems like a product of Tom Brady, so I'm a little biased on that. Um, but Belichick's on there. Um, I'm not gonna. I don't have an order of them, but I just have my four. That's fine. Um, yeah, Belichick's on there. Andy Reid's on there. For me, he's on there. Um, Big red. Yeah. And then I got to put John Madden on there. Okay. Okay. Nice. I have to just for for culture change among the coaching position and things like that. Um, And then I'm I'm probably missing some guys, but I got to go Bill Parcells for his coaching tree. Really? He has the best coaching tree of all time. So I'm going to put him on there for a a little bit of a different take to this segment. Wow. Yeah. I thought about this a lot. Going, going, probably eight names that could be on there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just Super Bowl era. Um, Not, not talking about beforehand when, you know, you have your, your George Hallis and, you know, your, your Paul Browns and the, the legend, the Curly Lambos. Uh, well, where, where do you put is Vince Lombardi Super Bowl era? I mean, I know he started his career before. Right. I mean, I think he could technically count because he, he won the first two Super Bowls. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, I'll put, I'll put Vince on there instead of Bill Parcells. If we're counting Vince. I thought about Bill. Uh, I didn't think about the Bill Parcells. That is. I didn't think about the coaching, the coaching tree aspect of it. Um, I, I took, but, but I think that's a good reason. I, I, I think Bill Parcells, frankly, didn't have enough winning percentage for me. Um, he was a really good coach, but um, his winning percentage doesn't match uh, the rest of the guys. Uh, he actually lost a lot more games than people might imagine. Uh, I will put another Bill on there, and, and that is Bill Walsh. Oh my gosh! I might be the worst <laughs> Niners fan of all time. <laughs> I mean, you. So you 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 put Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells, and Andy Reid, and um, oh John Madden. Bill Walsh has got it. John, oh John Madden. Bill Walsh has got to be on there. Keep going. I want to hear the rest of your list, and then we can switch mine around if I need to. Yeah. So I think Bill Belichick is a lock for the rings. Nobody, nobody can match that. Uh, Bill Walsh for his innovation, and yeah. he was also a very successful coach, of course. And the, the Super Bowls can't argue. And you got to put Don Shula on there. I mean, yeah, I know he, he, you know longevity, couple Super Bowls, the all-time wins, perfect uh, season. Yeah, perfect season. I know he he wasn't great towards the end there, but you know Dan Marino was a big a big product of him. And so, yeah, Don Shula, Bill Belichick, Bill Walsh. Oh, 
Mike McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go with Mike Nolan. <laughs> no, I, I I'm not gonna cheat because I, I want to put I really want to put John Madden on there, uh, but yeah. I, I I I am putting Andy Reid on there at four. Um, I I thought about it a long and hard. I looked at Chuck Knoll was a guy that came to mind, but yep. really outside of those those four Super Bowls, that's not a small thing, by the way. But outside of those four Super Bowls with the Steelers, um, there there wasn't much else. Um, it doesn't have the wins quite as much. Uh, Andy Reid's right there with Tom Landry. There, I I wanted to. I thought about Tom Landry would probably be like number five or six because of how legendary with the Cowboys he was and his Super Bowls. Yep. But I think Andy Reid trumps Tom Landry, which is, you know, maybe a, a hot take in some ways. But again, the innovation that Andy Reid has brought, the consistency, doing it with multiple teams, the two, two Super Bowl different conferences. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think Andy Reid gets on there. Yeah, I like that list. I think uh, for me, I'm putting... I mean, Bill Walsh is, is a Mount Rushmore head coach, so I got to put him on there instead of Parcells. I think Matt Madden's got Parcells is already out for Lombardi. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> and then Bill Bill Walsh in there for um for John Madden. Yeah, I don't want to take yeah yeah John Madden. It's tough. Yeah. Madden, Madden Reed. Uh, I mean Shula, you got. It's there's a lot of great coaches. It's it's hard to separate like uh, like the grumpy old man up up in New England has. <laughs> and I mean, like Tony Dungy's a good one too, and just for his leadership presence. Oof, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So some good ones. I guess coming from coming from the guy that forgot Bill Walsh, you can you can say anyone you want, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> um did you watch any of the fox sports uh review on that on the fox sports one network after the game no so sean payton was on there it was sean payton i think carissa thompson uh gronk, gronk wasn't on there it was uh, charles woodson and michael vick whoa what a squad so when i was watching that first of all classic sean payton you know, I, I'm it's like, oh, you know, I'm going to miss you guys. You guys are going to get all my inside information next year. You know, I, I really love this booth. I really, and I said, yeah, you should have stayed. You're going to regret not staying, man. Get your cush oh, job in the booth. No, uh, Sean Payton was in there. And then Michael Vick. And I'm not saying that as Americans, uh, we shouldn't give, not as Americans. I'm not saying we should, shouldn't give people second chances, but Americans are really easy to forgive and forget, um, which maybe is a good thing. Um, but like, it was just crazy for me to see Michael Vick all up there and he looked good. He was polished. He, he was really well-spoken good analysis. It's just, it's just really, really hard for me to cheer to like be okay with somebody like that up there, but I don't know. I got no comment on that. <laughs> Man did his time. I don't know. I can't. Yeah, uh, no, he, can't he, judge him for. You, yeah, you, you pay the obviously penalty. as as a as a huge dog person. Obviously, there's a lot of horrible things that man did, but um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy, crazy though to see to see like some of these guys transition. Like 
from the NFL back to talking sports, back to analyzing sports, to announcing, like, it's pretty cool, like, to see some of the guys, like, like a Greg Olson, who's transitioned yeah. seamlessly into the booth. Unfortunately, do you think he'll get uprooted by Tom? Is that what's going to happen year after oh. next? No, Tom. Tom's taking the year off. Yeah, I, I, I think Greg Olson did a phenomenal job. He's very good. Uh, I mean, best, I, I okay. I, what do you real quick? One to ten with one decimal point. What did you rate the announcers, the halftime show, and the national anthem? One. To I 10. was, I was actually going to ask you about that too. Um, I was going to close with that. Yeah, I think the the commentary was 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 good. It was like an eight point four. I would say. Um, because remember, we're we're so used to Buck and Aikman, but they don't get to call Super Bowls anymore, and I, and I'm okay with that. It's a good change. Um, so I think it was nice to have the fresh. But Olson was money. He was, and he's been money all year watching Niners games. He's very sharp. He doesn't really exhibit bias. Um, he's not at all. It's impressive how little bias he has. Very knowledgeable of the game. I mean, I still prefer Tony Romo, Jim Nance, of course, but. But I think Olsen does a great job and Burkhart sets him up. So I think it was like an 8.4. I thought Chris Stapleton destroyed the national anthem, like for the good, the good, good destroying, you know? Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought it was one of the best national anthems that I've ever heard. I mean, right? Like, I, I mean, I'm a country guy. I love the, but I saw oh, him last year in concert. Yeah, it was incredible. Oh, you did? Yeah. I was, yeah. It was, it was funny that the, the under hit by five seconds, we knew it was going to be, is going to be a longer one. Wait, wait, wait. What was your over-under set at? I thought Vegas had it at 205. Oh, that's funny. The one that I had it on um, with Haley and her family was at like two, two, two minutes flat. Oh, it, was, he, it was two minutes flat. He went over. Yeah, it was like. And he, he went over by one second. It was funny. Yeah, um, yeah it was. I, I so think that's I, weird. It just depends where you get your odds. I, I stopped right, watched now, it. Two minutes, 0.5 seconds. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I had a, like 0.8. Yeah. yeah. Um, what okay. about Rihanna? 10 out, so, of 10, 10 out of 10. I have a confession to make a couple confessions. And that is, I hate halftime shows. I rarely ever watch them. Um, of course I've seen a few over the years. Grandpa Steven, <laughs> grandpa sucks. I, it's, <laughs> it was a 29 minute halftime show. I said, I'm going to go get some food and talk to the guests uh, that that we were hanging out with, uh, so that's one confession. But number two is I love Rihanna, and oh. she, she yeah I, I've I've loved Rihanna for many years. Um, so I'm <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of her, and by all accounts, she absolutely crushed it. Uh, and I'm I I'm all for it. I so probably so what like an eight. Yeah, Rihanna's like a nine point one, if you know what I mean. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give her the nine point one. Fair, well done. My uh, I'll start where you left off. So my my personal guilty pleasure for the audience is Adele. She's uh, my mm. my female vocalist that I choose to listen to if I do. Um, and I would give Rihanna a I'd give her a eight point four. I I think it was really really good. I don't think it when it was anything crazy. You know what I mean? I thought it was very, very good. Um, yeah. Chris Stapleton, nine point nine out of ten, best national anthem I've ever seen, uh, or I guess heard. Um, emotions, everything. Sirianni bawling his eyes out. Everything about it was incredible. Oh, yeah. 
And then what was the other thing we were talking about? Commentators. Oh, commentators. Um, I would give those guys like a 9.3. It was really, really good. If Jim yeah. Nance was in there, it would have been a 10 for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did Just Jim because Nance. I have a Nance bias. <laughs> I love Jim Nance bias. Yeah. Uh, I would agree with you. The staple 10 of the nine, nine, I think with Rihanna, I mean, I, st- I would put, I would still put the uh, Shakira, Jennifer Lopez ahead of her. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So yeah, I would still, that was a, that was a 10. That was an 11 out of 10 for me, but, but Rihanna, I think she, she made the <laughs> visually and audio wise. <laughs> I think uh, Rihanna stays under the umbrella at 9.1. Nice. You had to get that in there. <laughs> wow. Well um, then you're really work, work, working. Yeah. We went from zero to 60 and 3.5, didn't we? all right all of the lights for sure yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna give you the keys uh to to the uh what yeah what what about the commercials what did you think uh i actually didn't see a whole lot of the commercials all all transparency (laughs) these parents are having some streaming issues so i was watching a lot of it on my phone (laughs) It it was a madhouse we won't get into it but um yeah, I didn't see a whole lot of the commercials. I think the one that stuck out to me was the dog one. It was a dog food commercial. Um, it was going through the when they got the p- puppy when she was probably a seven or eight year old kid, all the way up till she was in her thirties and married and had a kid of her own. Incredible, emotional. Uh, everything about it was great. What about you? Yeah, I, I generally hate all the commercials. <laughs> Come on, but the. But there was one good one, and it's funny that you brought up the the streaming issue. It's it was the Tubi commercial, where <laughs> all all of America thought that some old dad or grandpa or somebody or 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 the sister, every whoever wanted to get blamed for sitting on the little tiny smart remote and causing the whole thing to stop. I thought <laughs> Tubi was brilliant. Because they got everybody, and I didn't fall for it because I knew it looked so fake, like highlight. It was, it was too fake, but they did a really good job of it. <laughs> I'm really glad you brought this up, and I'll close it off with this. When we were having all these streaming issues, we were going back and forth on different apps and satellite and everything. And I was watching on my phone, and I saw the 2B commercial come up, and I knew it wouldn't be happening on my phone, so I knew it was a commercial. Two seconds later, we get it like a the pause restarted or the stream restarted and the 2B commercial comes on and everyone's like, who changed the channel? Who, uh, <laughs> who's changing the, the input? And uh, I'm, I didn't say anything. And then I, like halfway through, I was like, it's just a commercial. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> That's so freaking funny. I, I thought yeah. it was brilliant. Um, and then the, the food that we had Super Bowl food day is one of my favorite days of the year. Just the, the football mm-hmm. snacks are, uh, we had a good good brisket going and all sorts of desserts and the mac and cheese and the you name it it was spot on so also a 9.5 out of 10 oh yeah ruffles with uh sour cream mixed with ranch dip the uh oh uh, yeah yeah it's it's a guilty pleasure of mine for sure <laughs> all right well i think that that does it for our time Matt. any last comments this is a fun one. I really, uh, I'm sorry to the legend of Bill Walsh. I really feel bad about that. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's on me. I got to be better, Stephen. I just got to be better. Yeah. Well, we, we can all be better in certain ways. I could be a little more forgiving of the Eagles too. So it's okay. <laughs> win, win some, lose most, right? Uh, yeah. But uh, shoot, Chiefs win 38 to 35. Unbelievable season. They're going to be really good for years to come. I'm, I'm very scared of them just for the next. I don't know how long Tra- Travis Kels could play till he's 40. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is, could be the best quarterback we've ever seen. It's just the, the Chiefs are really freaking good. And it's, uh, yeah. it's, you just can't deny that. So, uh, really fun game to watch. Fun doing the show with you, Matt. Uh, we give our best to the Michigan State community. We've got, a few episodes on the horizon. Uh, we got to bring Rich back on to talk about how we did for the over the course of the season. <laughs> I hope you don't bring any sound bites on for that. But oh, yeah, I got I'm some good sound bites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll wrap. We'll put a bow on the NFL season as we start talking about our quarterback rankings. We're going to bring Josh back on for a, a Bay Area athletes episode, which should be fun. Ooh. And, uh, of course, Major League Baseball, spring training is around the corner. March Madness is around the corner. So we're getting that, that fun time of year here where uh, it all starts kicking up. Yeah, golf season. Shout out Scotty Scheffler. Masters all around the corner. He's so good. Here we got. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, all right. Again, follow us on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, the Joe Rana Sports Network. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll see you next time. 